But I don't think there's two disagreements I have with you on this. First of all, one of them is a complete hypothetical. None of us really know the answer. I don't actually think we're going to see a ninth inning violation in a big spot because we're a month into a new rule and you're already seeing that there are less violations as this month has gone on. Guys are getting used to it. And even those ninth innings, they're going to be used to. Because if you pitch the ninth inning, you're dealing with the pitch clock every time you come into a game. David Robertson, who hates the pitch clock, he's been open about it. He's gotten a chance to pitch with it. Like, he had an early violation earlier this year. I remember that. I think it was in the eighth or ninth inning. And he struck the guy out, if memory serves correct. They called the violation. Next pitch struck the guy out anyway. That's April. Like, I don't think that a veteran like Robertson or any of these guys that are doing it all year, no matter how high leverage the spot is, is all of a sudden going to get called for something that they really haven't been called for most of the season. Now, that's me predicting, just like you're predicting. So I guess we'll wait to find out. But the real disagreement I have is the idea that it loses any drama. So I'll ask you, we're a month into the season. Not every game has been close and tight. You watch other games besides the Mets or you just squarely Mets? No, I I try to shoot it, but it's like 95% is the Mets. Has there been any game yet this season in the ninth inning where you said, boy, it lost a little drama because it was moving too fast? No, I mean, no. Not so far. I just, but again, you're talking about an April game. We haven't even played, you know, well, we just played a game, Um, but we haven't even played our intense division rivals for too long and stuff like that in this tight race. We just had our game against the, the Braves, I know. But I'm saying, like, there, there's going to be bigger games than others throughout the, the course of the regular season. And honestly, my problem with the pitch clock kind of coincides with a lot of changes that MLB made. They all work with each other. They, they really do all feed off of each other that diminish the game when they're trying to be used in the name of helping the game. So, like, they're they're – not focusing on the real issues at hand. They're trying to blame it on the game itself and the rules that they're changing just don't work. So part of it is I wanted more intense matchups throughout the season that would basically make this a problem. And they took, you know, division games away. They, they lessened them. They, they lessened the chances of having that high intense, you know, we used to play what, 18 or so, you know, 19 some games game. against the division. 19, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So now you have less of those division rival games where there'll be more intense playoff-like um, atmospheres throughout the season. And I know we want to play every team, whatever, which whatever. Um, so you lessen that, you're going to have those less intense moments. But the bottom line is when we come down to the stretch, August, September, October, it's going to be intense like it was last year. And it's not just for the Mets, it's for everybody. That's where things are going to come into play where whether you have a violation, that's one thing. But you, let me ask you, do you think it's a positive that just because a player avoids a violation, but they may rush and lessen the quality of their delivery. And I don't mean just pitching. It could be a guy who's also jumped in the box who has a little routine, doesn't get the focus on, you know, someone who's about to throw seven different pitches at all different speeds. You don't think there's a negative to. Yes. Oh, I, you know, listen, I'm going to be always fair about this with you. There are not, there are going to be negatives to it. Like, would I want somebody as the pitch clock's expiring, just throwing a pitch and then getting murdered? Like Blake Snell used that as an excuse in the game against the Mets a few weeks ago where he said, yeah, I threw fastball right down the middle to Pete because I saw the pitch clock was about to expire. I'm not telling you that everything is ideal, but I do think that the greater good of the pitch clock outweighs this because I think the more guys get used to it, the more Blake Snell is used to the pitch clock, the more batters are just used to the new routine. I think there'll be less of those scenarios, less of those scenarios where a guy rushes to throw a pitch or a batter is not really ready 
in the box. I think that the first month was always going to be ripe for those scenarios. And even the second month, I'm not saying it's just going to disappear in May, but I think the more experience that batters and pitchers have with this, the less of that that will happen. But I'm not going to lie to you and say, I don't care. Like, of course I care. I want the best baseball possible, but I, I, I guess I have confidence in the athlete that with more experience, batters and hitters are going to have less scenarios like that by July and August. And then by next year, I think it's eradicated because I think everybody's going to just be used to the new norm in baseball. And that new norm is going to present far more good than the bad that you think. Which brings me to another point. Let's say you're right. And after one month, two months, everyone just figured it out. We get the pace. We understand how fast we have to move. Overall, the game is going to move even faster than it does now, right? Because with less violations and more understanding of the speed they have to go at, I mean, this game is just going to move along. I have an issue with how quick a game would move along, how fast they would go through those hour and 57 minute, you know, pitching, you know, great pitching outings like uh, Contra had it earlier in the season. I'm sure there was one other, there was a few other sub two hour uh, baseball games, but the better they get at not suffering from these violations, the quicker the game is going to go. And that, in my opinion, takes away from the in-person experience at the ballpark. Um, All right. What is, let me ask you this, because this is an undefinable answer, but I'm curious, undefinable answer. I'm curious what your answer would be, because I got to think of mine too. What is the ideal time of game then, where you'd say, this is the goal. It's not always going to be this time. Sometimes it'll be longer. Sometimes it'll be shorter. But we know in the NBA, the NBA is a very quick game. You know, I I go to basketball games all the time. It's two hours and 10 minutes. That is really, really quick. That is far quicker than the average baseball game. We know the NFL is above three hours. So then ideally for you, who has concern it's going to move too quick, what's that number where you'd say, okay, I like that. That's a good average. Two hours, 50 minutes. 250? 250, yeah. That's higher than I thought. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 250 because I just like – listen, I, and I know you do too. This is not uh, taking away from – I love the game. Like, I, for me, every pitch has some story to talk about. You know I mean, like, I literally can spend two minutes talking about why, you know, that one pitch that was thrown, you know, and then the next one and the next one. My friends hate me for it. So, it, it's it may be a little different, but I think it is because when I go to these games too, listen, I travel for an hour and some odd minutes just to get there anyways. Right. You know, and then parking, if, do we have any sort of tailgating at all you get in? So I don't want the actual in-game experience to be hardly any longer than what it takes just to get to the game. And then you have all these amenities that most of these parks, if they're doing it right, City Field is one of them. Adding to the experience of the ballpark, adding to the atmosphere of the ballpark to be there, whether it's for your family, your friends, yourself, whatever, they're just adding to this in-person experience. And we're taking away the time, essentially, to enjoy that. Going to a ballpark to watch a baseball game was an experience. It wasn't just about we're watching the game today. But I'm curious about this, though, because I assume you're like me, where when you go to a game, you're watching the entire game. Like maybe you go to the restroom, obviously, but... You're not walking around for innings at a time, right? (laughs) Yeah. I know. Well, one thing I've suggested, by the way, is that there should be longer periods of time in between half innings, which should make everybody happy. They get to air more commercials, and we get more time to not miss a pitch and go grab a hot dog real quick or go to the bathroom. But when you Mm -hmm. go to City Field, are you walking around or are you watching nine innings? No, I'm I'm watching nine innings, but I know that there's families who are going. There's families with with kids that might be walking around, have to go to the bathroom. They want to get their ice cream. They want to get their hot dogs. Whatever it is, the bottom line is the, the just the the whole fan 
experience as a whole, whether you're someone who sits in the seats and watch every, uh, every pitch, that's one thing, but we know that there's other types of fans that are moving around and doing different things. Yes. There you can't, like I said, just take the bathroom. For example, I literally, if I go to the game and I was going to go soon, I was going to go in a couple of days. If I go to the game, I am literally scared. I'm scared to get up and go set, you know, wait on any line to do anything because I might miss an entire inning. Who knows? You know, that's that already happened in the past. Now it's like I'm guaranteeing I'm missing some time. You know, I would rather to that point add time in between half innings. And I, I know that's kind of making the TV networks happy and baseball happy, but I would rather not miss any of the in-game action. And I would rather not kind of make the games longer because making the games longer doesn't add action. And just like making the games quicker, doesn't take action away. If we accept we're getting the same amount of baseball, we're just packaging it a little bit tighter because there's a clock. So that Jairus Familia doesn't step off the mound 18 times. And I love to pick on him because I always thought he was the worst. I watched it firsthand. He abused. He's the reason we have a pitch clock. So if you added 30 seconds between half innings, dare I say even a minute, doesn't that solve Basically, what you guys want that you have more time to piss in the toilet? What Hoffman? I'm I'm gonna interrupt this because here's the problem: three minutes is not enough. Look at the other sports we're talking about: football, hockey. So what do you want to do? You want to create a halftime? There's an intermission. You. Yeah, yeah. thirty seconds is not going to yeah, do the trick. But Pete, I'm sorry, you guys are not going to do the trick. You, I want the game to be longer. So that I can go to the bathroom while a pitcher steps off to create 45 seconds between pitches. Do you really think that's a logical trade? It's not, but it's not just that. That's just part of it. The trade isn't, I'm not, the trade isn't, I got to go to the bathroom. Now we're going to allow them to step off. That's not the, you know, the one-to-one trade. Yeah, it comes with the territory, but I, I just, listen, when I was watching these games, like you were able to isolate a player just now, right? You're at isolate Jerry's familia from right. way back going to from 2014 to 2017 as a Met, right? Or 2018. Uh, so you were able to isolate one player. And I'm not saying there aren't a, a bunch of Jerry's familias or else this rule probably would never have happened. But the bottom line is I do think it was over embellished. I think it is over embellished how much there was like abusers of this rule unless they were doing it in high leverage situations. I think there's an over embellishment uh, embellishment entirely of the outlook on the sport and that's why i hate most of the rule changes the 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 idea that it's a dying sport baseball needed so much crazy change the fact that we needed a shorter game i think there's such an over embellishment of hey this is what's going on in the sport and we need to make a change right now you isolated a player you shouldn't be able to if they're almost there's so many players being abused oh i think there were so many and i think there were specifically relief pitchers like I noticed, and and this jumped out at me. The reason it jumped out at me over the years is because I would be forced to DVR games, not because I choose to DVR games because it's just fun, but because I have a wife, I have kids. I started doing afternoon drive. Like there were reasons why if I wanted to watch every pitch of every Met game, which I have obsessed to do, I was going to have to make concessions. And what I did was I DVR games from a a personal standpoint. And when I would DVR games, I would never want to skip anything inside the game. I'd skip commercials, which is logical. And then I would watch the game and I would notice, oh my God, 45 seconds just went by. Let me press this 30 second button just to see what happens. Cause again, don't want to miss a pitch. And I would notice that I'd be able to hit this 30 second button and not miss anything. And that started to kind of jump into my brain. Hey, me on DVR, it's great. I could do what I want, but 
isn't that insane that there's that much time between pitches? And that's why this has been something I've sort of been obsessed with for like eight or nine years, because I noticed this is different than what I grew up with. Like there is way too much time in between pitches. Then there was something else that was happening that I know is very difficult to control. Guys are striking out more. It's just the facts. Guys strike out more. Uh, they're swinging for the fences. They're thinking about launch angles. That's a tough thing to enforce, but there's definitely been a strategy change in baseball. More strikeouts, more swing and misses, more time in between pitches. When you add those two things up, you had games that lasted a lot longer. You had much less action in baseball. That was never a threat to me. I love baseball. I can complain about things, but I'm still going to watch every game. I still love it. But it started to become a problem where I think baseball said, hey, what can we do? The, the launch angle thing, other than moving the fences back, there isn't really much you can do. Like even the shift isn't going to change the approach that guys are going to try to hit home runs. They are. So I, I, what yeah. can you do? Speed the game up. And, and I, I understand why they did it. I'm in favor of them doing it for that reason. The 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 thing that that makes me angry is because or about the whole pitch clock situation is you say what could they do that the shifts is not going to do enough. I'm actually the reason why I'm angry is I think the shift would have done it. I think the shift already inherently was going to produce different type of action, more action because a lot of the launch angle, you know, or the three true outcomes, whatever it was, I'm going to strike, I'm going to walk, I'm going to swing big, and this thing is gone. Right? Was I think because there was pitchers were pitching in a certain way and certain hits were not available to batters, they were taking certain pitches that otherwise maybe they'd swing at, they could put the ball in play and end up getting on first or second because of it. The The shift was taking that away from them. So they were saying, oh, no, I'm going to basically live and die, one pitch, one spot. If it ain't there, I'm not swinging. If it is, it's gone. You know. So I think overall getting rid of the shift and allowing more hits to be possible base hits would have promoted – more action for, for was lefties, that, especially the lefties. Was that ever – and I have to look at the numbers a month in to see if there's a big difference. I don't think there is. Guys are striking out at the same pace, though. So it hasn't fixed that. If guys are still striking out at the same pace, it's not necessarily putting more balls in play. Now, you're seeing more singles instead of grounding out into a shift. Like, you're going to see instead of the 5-3 put out with the third baseman sitting in right field – you're seeing a single, so it's going to raise batting average, and I think we've seen that result, but I don't think we've seen strikeouts going down. And if strikeouts are going to be up and pitchers are taking a big time in between pitches, then I disagree with you. I think the shift would have would have helped in the aspect of there being more hits, no doubt, and more singles that are not eaten away from the shift, but I don't think it would have fixed the pace of play issue that I think baseball had. Let me ask you this. Do you think there was a pace of play issue then? Do you think that didn't exist? I think it existed. I, I think that it existed in the examples you talked about. Maybe the relief pitchers stepping out, you know, taking too long to to throw a pitch. Um, and you know what's so funny? Maybe it was harder to notice because we have uh, we have great you know guys in the booth that keep everyone entertained in between uh, in between time. And if you tune into a Yankee game, it's like watching paint dry. So I understand <laughs> it might be highlighted um, depending on the broadcast. But I think you can have a pace of play issue, kind of roll around with different ways to fix it without changing the overall landscape, everything. Like you said, it's select, in my opinion, was select fewer relievers. And to be honest with you, I was totally okay if they were doing it in a high leverage situation, you know, two men on or, or it's a one run game with the biggest slugger in the world at the plate and stuff like that. I'm totally okay with everyone understanding the, the intensity of the situation and taking their time with the chess match to get through this. I was always okay with that. 
Yeah, I think that probably all of us would be okay with that, but that's usually an inning, maybe less, sometimes not even in a game, over the course of a game that features many other scenarios and many other moments. And that's why, to me, it's about a trade-off because I think in general, the clock has worked to perfection. It's, it's made the pace of play work. I mean, we've seen a cut down of about 25 minutes in terms of time of game. Now, I know that's not ideal for you because you want a two-hour, 50-minute games, but we're getting a game that I don't think is obscenely quick. Like, I, I honestly, I've been to, I think I've been to six Met games so far this year, which is a pretty good number. I'm at, I'm at a pace I cannot sustain, by the way. <laughs> I, I don't think I've seen anything obscenely quick. I think it's all been two hours, 30 to 40, even around 250. Like, we haven't witnessed a consistent two-hour, five-minute game. It feels like those games are still going to be rare, that the sub-two-hour game is still going to be an anomaly. So, Sub-two hours is going to be an anomaly. It's not going to be impossible because we've already had it, but it's going sub-two hours is going to be the extreme. But that low end of two will – it's going to be there more often than I'm going to want to see. Yeah, sure, we haven't seen too much of it uh, for the Mets, and that's been great. And maybe that's why, you know, when you asked my question before, you know, I think you asked me if it has it diminished anything so far. Maybe it's because my personal experience with the Mets so far and their games hasn't gotten to that realm, but it might, you know, eventually. Um, I just think, and I haven't gone yet, so I want to see the in-person experience. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just the type of, it, it, you, if you understand the intensity of the game, which most of us and those who are fans already do, you can kind of understand why something would get dragged out or be okay with, like I said, the chess match in the back and forth, which gets me back to who, you know, we're, we're taking away from catering the game towards people who are already fans, real fans of baseball and trying to get a fandom that doesn't even exist yet may never exist. And, and if they do exist, we don't know if they exist because of the pitch clock. And I think they exist because you're going to take your kids to a ball game and say, you guys are Met fans, you know, And, and that's how you really get kids into it because it's how I got into it. Have you, and this is the most unscientific thing, so I'm going to speak for the people I know, you speak for the people you know. Do you get a sense that the big baseball fan doesn't like the pitch clock? Like, have you gotten that sense amongst your peers? I, I no. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not getting it enough. And because, But here's the thing. Yeah. I think there are fans who are closet haters of the game who won't admit it. They won't admit that they inherently – are not in love with the with the game. And I'm not accusing you of this, but it, I was disappointed on your take on it originally, and then that's why I was going after Tierney as well. But I think there's a lot of people that aren't admitting, listen, at the, the, at the end of the day, you don't like the overall makeup of the game. Because I guarantee you there's no length of time I could put on a football game. If I said we're going to have a five-hour football game, you'd still not have anybody complaining about it somehow, some way, right? Well, okay, so here's my my disagreement on that. Um, I love basketball. I do. I go to a lot of basketball games. I love the NBA. I have an extreme opinion about something I would change in the NBA. I'm dead serious about it. I'm in the minority on this, but I would literally consider not to make this a basketball podcast, but to show you that sometimes you can love something, but be open to real changes. I would adapt the Elam ending in the NBA permanently. That's the, for those that don't know, that's the ending they use in the all-star game where there is no fourth quarter. They basically shut the clock off with five minutes to go, and there's a target score. And I think that because, to me, that's the real essence of basketball. Fouling and sending guys to the line in the last minute and a half and calling a bunch of timeouts, is it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like the game we played growing up. Now, that's a real extreme opinion about a sport I love. 
but the essence is I want it to feel like real basketball. The reason I've always been a fan of the pitch clock, I've talked about it on the air for years, was that because I think the essence of baseball is that it moves quickly, that you're not taking 34 seconds, 30, 40 seconds between pitches, that my dad watched baseball in the 60s, and this is what it looked like. Like, this is what it looked like. And when I go on YouTube and watch those old games, that's what I see. So I think, like, much like the basketball, it's basically bringing it back to its form, its original form. And that's not hating of baseball. That's, I want it to go back to what it can and should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but it's just artificially getting there, right? It's it's Yeah. It's artificially getting back to where it should be. I I, I don't know. There, there's... The reason why I don't like it is because you're right. Okay, it gets back to that old pace of, you know, the games back in the day, and I have no problem with that. But at the sacrifice of a lot of things that also did exist in the old game. Again, I keep saying the the term the chess match, the game, the, the game within the game, right? The the war between the pitcher and the hitter. You know, you're taking, you know, the pitcher's taking too uh, too much time. I call my timeout. Oh, you call a timeout against me? I'm stepping off. This is my this is my mound. This is my pitch. It, there was this just mind game that always could be played that can't be played anymore. You know, um, and they've they've changed too much to like they they put the they hit the panic button really and said this game's gonna move so fast in so many different ways. No more pickoffs past two, and now we're artificially changing the entire steel world of, of baseball. It, it, it just did too much, and they acted like they panicked. Like if they didn't change this right now, the sport was dead. You know, yeah, I, I would be I would have been okay with trying to do it more gradual. Because they did make a lot of major changes in the same year. Can you see a scenario? Because I'm trying to think with me. Can I see a scenario where I come to you guys? Because I'm always going to be honest if my opinions change. Our opinions will sometimes change. Where I'd say, man, I was wrong about this pitch clock. And I think for me, the only way I would really get to that is if we saw a lot of pivotal violations in big spots like the nightmare scenario you guys imagine. Uh, because right now, I, I love the pitch clock. I've watched it for a month. I feel good about it. I feel the way I felt a month ago. For you, can you see yourself after October specifically, because then we get all those big moments, saying, you know what? I got to tell you, now that guys are used to it, now that I'm used to it, I actually like it. This turned out to be a real good innovation. Can you see yourself coming to that world? Yeah, there's one scenario. The Mets win a World Series. I'm perfectly <laughs> fine with any scenario. Um, if we get through October... If we get through October and I don't feel because the violations will be a, a giveaway that I hate it, right? So sure. any violation we see just is an automatic strike, pun intended, against the pitch clock, right? But if we get through October and I don't feel that any built up moment, the one on one matchup, the big leverage moment is diminished by how they're just getting into it. They don't let the crowd to 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 you know to get into it all like that. If I don't feel like any moment is diminished, then I'll be like, all right, you know what, it really isn't that that bad isolating the pitch clock. But if you have that Bryce Harper home run from that, and I hate Bryce Harper, but that Bryce Harper home run against, um, against Houston, we took four years and, and, and 10 months to get up to the plate, strapped everything you could strap, did everything like that. The fans were in it and first pitch sent one to the moon. I'm sorry. There was no drawback of that taking forever. That built up as perfect as it possibly could. And it resulted as perfectly possibly good for the baseball world. And if that's, hey, Bryce Harper, go rush in the box and go do it. It, it would take away from that type of moment. And we're going to have those moments in October for all different teams. All right. So here's what we're doing. On November 5th, 2023, you're coming back on the pod. And both of us, me, you, Hoff, we're going to come clean. A full year, a full postseason of the pitch clock. 
have we changed our views? All right. So that's all planned for Fair November enough. of 2023. But I, I do appreciate you coming on for those that are anti-pitch clock because we get emails about it. Like there are people out there that don't like it. I think you did a very good job representing that voice. I adamantly disagree with you, mm-hmm. but listen, <laughs> maybe in a few months we'll come together and have the same view. Maybe I'll come to your side. I doubt it. Yeah. Maybe you'll come Hopefully. to my side. I doubt it. <laughs> I appreciate it. But thank you, Andrew. Yep. Uh, thank you for listening to a very special pitch clock discussion on the Rico Brogan. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.